Hello, my name is John Milburn. I'm an instructor at Pragmatic Marketing, and we're honored today to have Joe Fox, Senior Director of Solution Strategy from Ariba, to participate in today's podcast. Thanks, Joe, John. Uh, uh, my pleasure to be here. Great, great to have you, Joe. Tell me, tell us a little bit, just to kick it off, Joe, tell us a little bit about about Ariba, the solutions that you're involved with, your role, uh, you know, a little bit about the market problems that you're serving, industry segment. Just just kind of give us an outline of, of your area of business. Sure. I'm happy to do so. So uh, Ariba and uh, the Ariba product set focuses on helping large corporations reach their trading partners to uh, better connect, better discover, better collaborate uh, across a number of business processes. Many corporations uh, focus on what you might call buying functions and selling functions. So our software helps large corporations, buying functions, do better procurement, better sourcing, better analytics, and to manage uh, visibility into their spend uh, much better. Uh, we also help the financial organizations of large corporations better manage invoices and payments. We also, in addition to helping large corporations in their buying function and their financial functions, help sellers uh, grow their businesses, be discovered by large corporations who may have some unique demand. We help uh, large corporations who are selling uh, better uh, receive orders from their customers uh, and also better invoice and get paid uh, from their customers. So essentially you could boil it down to we help uh, commerce and help commerce uh, companies do commerce better. Uh, we have what you would call a, a suite of corporate products that run on top of the world's largest business-to-business -business commerce network called the Ariba Network. And the business problems that we solve uh, could be boiled down to some very simple messages. Um, we help companies eliminate paper and the waste of paper, so we help them be more efficient and effective. Uh, relative to their business processes. We help them uh, achieve value by interacting with their trading partners electronically. Um, the problems that we solve on the sell side is how do I find new business? How do I do business efficiently with those new customers? And how do I optimize my uh, operational costs relative to processing orders, uh, invoicing for payment for uh, items that were purchased, and uh, receive payment, have visibility into payment? So, we have a pretty broad set of technologies, and uh, we spend a lot of time with our customers really getting an understanding of what are their uh, root problems in, in what we would call the procure-to-pay process and the order-to-cash process. Procure-to-pay and order-to-cash. How about a, a real quick synopsis of that for us? Sure. So when you think of a large corporation as a buyer, they need to acquire indirect materials, sometimes MRO, uh, sometimes direct materials. As a buyer, they're doing what we call a procure-to-pay process. They're, they're sourcing the suppliers uh, and certain commodities. They're procuring that. Uh, they, they have internal requisitions and purchase orders, and then they're going to be invoiced for that material, and they'll have to pay appropriately. That's the procure-to-pay process, so a large corporation managing their spend. The order-to-cash process is the reciprocal version on the seller side. So a seller markets themselves, they sell themselves uh, into, a, into a large buyer, they'll receive orders, um, 
they'll they'll process those orders, they'll ship the material. At the time of shipment, they'll invoice their customer, and, and then they'll ask for payment, and the, and the, the collections and payment processing is, is the order to cash side. So we really help large corporations more efficiently in their supply chain for both indirect, direct materials, and MRO-type uh, commodities. Okay, great, great. Uh, let's drill down a little bit about your marketing organization and your solutions and product marketing. How are you organized with regards to uh, to titles, geographies, segments, et cetera, uh, for the marketing organization? Sure. So we have uh, what we probably considered a classic model. We have an engineering organization, a sales organization, and a product marketing organization that uh, that works with product management. At Ariba, we call it solutions management because uh, we view it as managing the products and services as a whole. Um, we work in in concert together. So think of it as the product management group is the uh, voice of the customer inside the four walls of Ariba. Uh, we coordinate with our product marketing brethren who are taking the message out to the market, working with analysts, uh, packaging up the events and the and the webinars. We work closely with sales in making sure that we understand our product performance, uh, what are some of the customer problems they're hearing about in the sales cycle, and if there's an area they need help in getting a deal done, we'll provide that expertise. And we work with engineering in that we create the product definition documents. Um, we, we create the specifications. We manage uh, really two lives, I would say, with engineering. We're, we're constantly at, at one time creating and designing new product while in parallel releasing product that we've just built into the market and managing product that we already have in the market. So I would say we're pretty classically designed in that uh, product management works uh, coordinated with sales, engineering, and product marketing. I'd say the one twist to that is that our product marketing group works very heavily with sales in the uh, sales messaging, sales positioning, um, and product management is a little bit more engineering and internal focused than possibly some companies. In your On your engineering side, Joe, is your development processes more traditional waterfall? Have you moved to an agile, or do you have some some hybrid of the two? Yeah, we are a, uh, a customized agile environment. We have scrum meetings. Um, we we put together our FRDs uh, and our PRDs ahead of um, the start of milestones. During the milestones, we can adjust and adapt. Um, what ends up being built coming out the uh, the end of the process can be very different than what was initially envisioned coming into the beginning of the process because of the agile nature. But we do have a certain amount of discipline that you might attribute to a waterfall model in that um, we get customer validation ahead of time uh, on the specification. We do customer validation during the process. And then prior to releasing uh, into the market, we do um, an early access program with customers. Think of Ariba as one of the earliest cloud companies. Um, we released the Ariba network into uh, the Internet as a business process engine uh, for for uses by large corporations back in 1999. Uh, oh. Recently, uh, uh, say four years ago, we decided to bring our installed applications into the cloud also. So as an early cloud uh, innovator, we've had to have a customized delivery approach because the minute we delivered our code into production, uh, it was impacting and adding value to our customers. We had to adjust our Agile process to uh, optimize so that it would fit that cloud model. Gotcha. So let me ask this, and the reason I was asking about engineering here early was uh, 
when you think about the pragmatic framework, product management and product marketing, what I heard from you was that product management tends to be more the left side, the inbound marketing role, with product marketing on the right side, outbound marketing role. But let me ask you, in the bottom left, which is the more technical marketing side of our framework, is uh -huh. that uh, handled by the same product managers, or have you started doing any sort of shift between product manager, product owner, product manager, technical product manager? Have, have you made any of those moves, or, or are they covering both? The product managers are covering both. Um, we started implementing a more formal uh, pragmatic marketing framework um, about four years ago, and we've rolled it across the whole product management team of about 40 product managers. Uh, we've also had some of the product marketing people uh, uh, who weren't already certified in pragmatic marketing. So we've really adopted the pragmatic marketing methodology, but we've also adapted it to what works within Ariba. <clears throat> and I would say that not only is the um, product manager the voice of the customer within our four walls, but they're responsible for sensing the market, interacting with customers on what is important, um, doing the, the detailed, what you might call technical product management work, but also putting together what you might consider traditional product marketing deliverables. Uh, we just finished one of our annual cycles that started last summer where the product managers pulled out their uh, MRDs, their market requirements documents, and did another rev. Uh, our model is that we, um, we basically use a number of the pragmatic marketing uh, methodology boxes. We kind of call it a, um, adopt a box at a time. Uh, we've, we've applied that to an MRD model, and basically the product managers built out their MRDs, what's their customer concentration, what market are they in, what market problems are they going after, who are their key customers, why are they winning and losing, some of these key areas. And they put together this presentation, did a draft presentation to the solutions and product leadership in December, and then gave another presentation to their key product marketing, key sales, and key engineering leaders. And then uh, the solution owners within product management take that as input into the strategy work for our next release. So I might want to explain our product managers report up to solution owners. Uh, the solution owners own an area of the business, and they're considered in the product management organization to be the strategic leaders and the business leaders for that uh, book of business. Uh, those MRDs, that the product managers put together over the last six months, in some cases updated over the last six months, now are input into our next release planning. Okay. That, that's, that's super to hear. And the, the primary purpose of, our, of this podcast is so that others can, can uh, continue to learn from others in the industry who have implemented some best practices. As you look back at the adoption of this MRD model and really – you know, as you said, adopt the box, focusing on the right activities on the framework. What do, what do you see as the biggest gain internally from uh, from this shift? I'll, I'll say that we are truly managing our products now. Um, I'll, I'll quote one of our product managers who recently came up to me and said, I understand now why you've taught us the pragmatic marketing approach and the MRD process. He said one of the executives came up to him at one of our global meetings and asked him what his market share uh, was and how big his market. And he was able mm -hmm. to not only instantly answer those questions, but be able to give more detailed descriptions of who the competitors are, why he's winning, why he's losing. And he said that had he not done the MRD process, he would not have collected that information from sales, he wouldn't have spent time with the customers, and he wouldn't have been able to help that executive understand the positioning of his product. So I'd say that 
the net effect is that the product managers now have a sense of ownership of their products, understand why they're in the market, understand why they are in the life cycle of a product, how to treat them differently in the life cycle, and can speak intelligently to the executives within the company about uh, what is our contribution to the company's bottom line by specific product area. Many times a company will look at their sales numbers as the performance of the company, but once you can look at the portfolio of your products and you can go to your management team and say, my product's contribution is X, its market situation is either growing, stagnant, highly competitive, and we need to do these things to continue to contribute at the same rate or higher, it changes the dialogue between product management and your executives. So I'd say the biggest contribution is that we truly have the tools to own our products and articulate to the company the contribution. In return, you get a lot more formal process for investment in the products, which is what the product managers ultimately want to do. They want to win in the market, and they want continued appropriate investment so they can keep innovating against their competitors. So before this shift, Joe, how would you describe the the product managers, gen- generally speaking? Would you say that they were more technology-driven or sales-driven? Or uh, it sounds to me like they're really now becoming market-driven and understanding and running their product areas as a business. But prior to That's this, what, what did you see? Well, I would characterize it as a very tribal organization. Um, when I came back to Ariba, I was with Ariba pre-IPO back in 99 uh, to 2001 when we were just a startup. And you could expect back in the startup days that you've got a less formal environment, a lot more uh, market reactive and, and, and fly by the seat of your pants. But in coming back seven years later, what I found was a very tribal organization, somewhat because of acquisition, somewhat because of as you hire different people with different experience, they're going to execute in a certain way. One of the biggest benefits here is everybody's on the same message. Everybody's on the same language. Everybody's under the same methodology for doing pragmatic marketing and product management. Um, I'd say what I mean by tribal is it wasn't that anybody necessarily wasn't doing a good job. It's just they were doing the job the way they saw it, and there were things being missed. So holistically, what's uh, what's going on now is is a shift. Uh, Rather than being siloed, only focused on your product, they're also capable of looking at a cross-product, not competitively, but opportunistically. How can I team with my other product managers to make my product better? How can I team to make their product better? In the past, um, they were very technically focused and in some cases very architecturally focused, where now they're business process focused. I already talked about procure-to-pay and order Mm -hmm. the cash. In the past, we may have somebody who has said, I own the requisitioning tool or the catalog tool. Now they'll say, I own procurement end-to-end, buyer-to-seller. So they understand more holistically the business, what market they're selling into. And um, I think they've gotten out of this siloed model of, I only own this piece of our architecture, into a business focus of, um, I'm really trying to deliver to a market. We really have become market-focused. The the bottom line is, we start first with what's the market and what's the problem in the market. So the framework within each product manager's mindset now is, I'm trying to win this market. It's not, what do I get to build? Or what's my architecture? That's that's a great story, Joe. I appreciate that. Let me ask you: in that transition, organizationally and 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 as with your personnel and your team, did you run into any barriers that 
that you'd be willing to share that possibly others could learn from? Uh, you know, any or, you know inter or in, inter organizational barriers or any you know uh, barriers to not doing it the old way uh, that you'd be willing to share? Yeah, I'd say that there's a couple of philosophies that have emerged out of this. We've had to learn to listen. Uh, the best product managers listen first, represent market information with as little bias as possible, and we've had to learn to say no also. A good product management team knows how to educate the rest of the company on what you do and what you don't do, and part of that's learning to say no. Um, if somebody wants you to join a sales cycle, but you've got to ship some new product or you've got to finish a design phase, you really have to focus on what is the core purpose of product management. You've got to leverage the product marketing people or the or the engineering people appropriately. So so really learning to listen first and learning to say no is key. Uh, let me say it this way, and, I, and I've got some good examples because this is, this is a great question. Um, really, if you emptied your building of all the people, nothing would get done, right? Business is about people. The product management team is about the people. And when it comes down to making a change this dramatic and really trying to turn yourself from a, a technology focus to a market focus, it's a change management challenge. And what's, what's the key to change management? It's helping people move from where they are today to where you want them to be in the future. So I'd say the biggest challenge was individuals who either didn't understand the goals or objectives, had been in a, a certain approach or model in the past and weren't interested in shifting or or, or maybe used the excuse of being too busy to shift, and others who, who maybe just couldn't get the vision of why. It took a while for them to, to work on uh, doing research to really click on why it's important to be market-focused. So I'd say the people process is the most challenging. I'd, I'd say communicate, communicate, communicate. I came up with a theme. Uh, I, I learned in my old Ernst & Young management consulting days that projects need to have a marketing message and a theme, and that you need to repeat it over and over and over. My theme was we're improving the nine months before planning. We're improving the nine months before planning. As a change management tool, it just kept reminding people that our objective is to develop the product management methodology and steps that play into our life cycle the nine months before we plan. And that's all we're doing. It's simple. We're going to start doing some new steps, but we're going to be developing some new deliverables so that our planning is better. And I just kept repeating that. So the change management piece, coming up with what is your core purpose? What's the scope of what you're changing? And keep repeating that at the beginning of your meetings so everybody understands what it isn't, what it is. Second, I'd say a big challenge is making sure that those other organizations and the leaders of those organizations know what you're doing before you start. So go to your leader of engineering. Go to the key architects. Go to the lead of product marketing. Go to the lead of sales and, and, and let them know we're trying to improve how we do product management. We're interested in your input. What is going well? And what, what do you think we should improve? At the same time, go to your own people and ask for the same uh, input. What are we doing well? What do we need to improve? Then once you've got the leaders understanding what you're trying to accomplish, lay out a clear timeline, a clear plan, simple deliverable changes, and then just keep to the plan. One of the other change management steps I took was we sent off 20 additional product managers to pragmatic training. We did that last May. When they came back from training, I immediately instigated a Wednesday morning meeting every week. It was optional, but I made it clear to people that this was about improving their careers and we were going to keep track of who showed up on the call and of the progress on the deliverables. Every Wednesday morning, we did what I call adopt the box. We took the 
pragmatic marketing model. We picked a box off of the chart, and every Wednesday morning we'd pick a different box. We'd talk about that box. And people would work on developing a piece of a deliverable about that. So it might be something about market analysis, or it might be something about what's the market problem, what's your distinctive competency. So one Wednesday morning, everybody would talk about what their distinctive competency is. That was a way of kind of helping people slowly progress into now that we've been to training, how do we take this into our daily lives? Then about six months after we started that, I, um, I, I refocused the team on now training's done. We're going to build our MRDs. We're going to take all that we've learned, and we're going to actually build new deliverables. They're going to be permanent deliverables for our product management. That's the MRD process. And, um, and uh, key customer concentration, we have something called a master feature list. So I let them put together a three-year list of things they'd like to do Ideally, it would help them in their market. And, and in this process of dealing with the change management, I think I was able to address some of those challenges. It was really mostly about the people challenges um, and helping people kind of cross over from the old world to the new world. Mm-hmm. You know, it sounds a little bit like uh, as we, we compare our training sometime to exercise. You can go to a training class and you can learn how to run or learn how to do jumping jacks. But unless you get up in the morning and you go out and do it, it's not going to become a real part of your day-to-day life. And it sounds, Joe, like that weekly Wednesday morning meeting was a great way to continue to keep it alive and front and center in their mind. Uh, are you continuing that on, and do you have any any plans for the next 12 to 24 months different from the past? Yeah, we'll continue this process. We've also... Um, because of a couple acquisitions, we've taken what ended up being a, a large set of products and we put them into uh, portfolio areas. So we've concentrated our efforts into uh, five portfolio areas so that we could manage the business around that portfolio, that portfolio's contribution, et cetera. And we're going to continue on that process. Um, I'd say that visualizing in your, in your employees' minds and the product managers' minds that you're on an old platform and we're creating a new platform, and we'd like you to come across to the new platform. It's not going to be easy, but the new platform is going to help us be a lot more effective. gives them, in their mind, the, the, the understanding that there is no turning back. This is the new way we're going to do things, and we're going to help you come across. So that practice meetings was about helping people come across. Now it's about uh, that we've got everybody trained in pragmatic marketing and using it. It's about continually reinforcing the right areas of using it, so we put together something called an annual life cycle plan. Basically, the annual life cycle plan says at what point in what time over the next year should we do which part of the pragmatic marketing. It's not enough to know how to do distinctive competency. You have to know when to do it. It's not enough to know how to do win-loss. It's you need to know when to do it. The whole point being that you want to have that input ready for the next time you decide what to build and the next time you're going to go out to your customers to ask questions. So implementing this lifecycle management is something we invented inside of Ariba in that we, we wanted to lay it across our normal engineering release cycle so that we knew the appropriate times. Otherwise, what you end up doing is not improving the nine months before planning, and you end up rushing at the end to decide what you want to build, and the quality is a lot less. So it's really about establishing that long-term plan. So I'd say to answer your question another way, uh, what we're going to continue to do is the same thing. We're going to continue to integrate pragmatic marketing methods into the Ariba approach, and we're going to do it across this new life cycle management uh, calendar that we've put together. So everybody knows 
what time of year and when in the year they need to be doing the specific activities. Nine months ahead of plan. That's right. <laughs> That's the well, goal. Joe, this has been a real joy for me to uh, to hear the success story you're having there at Ariba. Uh Anything you'd like to, to say in closing? No, I, I'd, I'd like to thank you for your time. I'd like to thank uh, Pragmatic Marketing for helping Ariba in uh, improving our product management methods and approaches. And I'd also like to thank specifically your trainers. Uh, they've gone out of the way uh, to, to spend a little extra time with us. We had an example where we had an off-site where I was trying to help people understand the new and improved uh, approach, and, and one of your trainers came by with a little extra time and, and gave us a chance to present some of our materials to them. And on an, a, another event where we had about 20 people in the training at one time, uh, your, your trainer was very helpful in making sure they were fielding questions from some of the newer people on why it made sense. So I'd just like to thank uh, you all for helping Ariva build out uh, a world-class product management organization and to, to kind of start the process of, of uh, delivering that through the value of our products. The, the market focus approach is fundamentally different than a technology innovation approach, and I think you have to balance the two, but if you don't start with um, what, what I would call, uh, you know, the market problem and the customer's perspective, then you're really uh, taking a risk at whether or not your products will be adopted, be successful, and be profitable. And I think what we're all trying to do is create profitable products, right? And uh, you really have to tie that to a customer problem to get the adoption. So, I, again, I appreciate uh, your time and, and, and your help in uh, improving Ariva's product management approach. Great to hear. Well, Joe, uh, once again, thank you for your time and thank Ariva for your time and uh, look forward to continuing to work with you in the future. Sure.